and codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Welcome to Wreck It Out with Priority One, and now your hosts. Today's guest on this episode of Trek It Out is actor, athlete, Power Ranger, and most recent Guinness Book of World Records holder, Jason David Frank. Thank you for joining me tonight. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And again, congratulations on your record-breaking achievement. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? What inspired you to go for that? Well, as you all know, you don't know, which I'm sure you know about Power Rangers, but I'm a martial artist. I think uh, I started at the age of four, so I obviously was a martial artist at heart before I even started Power Rangers. And, you know, Power Rangers was just one of those things where I went into and it was great, but I just love karate. And, you know, I got into skydiving with my wife a long time ago. I pulled the master's license from about 15 years ago and we took a 10 year break. But I saw Felix jump from space, and a lot of people didn't promote his name at all, but it was Fearless. Felix was named. I was like, man. There could only be one fearless, but no. So then I was thinking, I'd love to do something like that, but jump from space, everyone's like, have you done that? I'm like, well, I'm not a little Wayne with millions and millions of dollars to waste to jump from space. So I figured I'd love to do karate and skydiving. I was trying to think of something, and then I thought, yeah, perfect. I love breaking. I've done breaking my whole life, and mostly breaks and stuff. And, yeah, I'd be able to do the world's highest karate board break, and I'll you know, set the record. And then there was actually a record. 1998, some grandmaster broke it with one, and then 2010, it was broken with two, and I was like, really? So they offered keys to the record attempt, and I said, sure. I mean, we practiced only two times. I only had two jumps practicing as far as with real wood, and we were only going to take about four, and then I was pushing it and said, well, let's take six, and then the day of, I was like, well, let's take eight, and then after I broke seven, the eighth one, we missed, not me, just dropped the board. Then I came down, they're like, good job, and I was like, man, I should have broke eight. And I was thinking, well, I could have broken 12. No, but uh, <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to do something that was fun. And I think also for some of the fans, I think it's great. Some of these kids grew up on me. and You know, you guys watch the Power Rangers. And 20 years later, I'm still doing cool superhero stuff, you know. Yeah, so I yeah. thought that would be pretty cool. But mostly for just myself, I think. Awesome. Um, just that I have another certificate on the wall. And so any other record-breaking attempts on the horizon? Man, I know. Once you get one, you start thinking. I know my buddy Sam, he's got the most double nutshuck strikes in the world in a single minute. And you know, we're working with fire weapons now and stuff. And messing around with fire double nutshucks, fire bow staff, fire swords. And I don't know. You know, I'd love to still do the same thing in free fall, but maybe like a bait jump. You know, like a born breaking base jump would be cool. But you know, you don't have that much speed. You've got only about 400 feet to break it. So it does get dangerous. Base is really dangerous. But right now at this point, I think our focus is going to be on Thailand. Me and my wife are going to go fight out there. And she's getting a cruise certificate, and I'm getting Marjan, which is the master in Thailand and under Master Tati in the Thailand government, which I'm really excited about. So, you know, this year we were already talking. It started with the New Mexico Comic Con and jumping out of airplanes in February, and then I'll be here in my hometown in Houston at Space City Con, which is going to be great. We have a lot of awesome guests coming to that one. So, just, you know, 
one thing at a time, I guess. So at this point, nothing yet. Okay. That might change in the next five minutes. Well, speaking of fighting, in some of your interviews, you mentioned that you might be interested in going back into MMA fighting, and it takes weeks of focused training, you said. Do you think you'll be getting back in the cage this year? And if so, what well, weight what weight? I think Thailand's going to be a great rest for me. Um, it is a lot of work. You know, it's a big training camp, and I just think it's going to give me time just to train. You know, um, I am trying to balance a lot of fans around the world. I know I was scheduled to go here and there and then Brazil, and then at the last minute I needed a visa. I couldn't get the visa. It's just hard to keep track of what I'm doing and when I make a commitment like even last year here at Space City Con, so I'll come back and who knew this year is going to go by so fast already so there's things and shows in between if you look at my schedule like I have one Facebook which is Jason and Frank official fan page but if you look at my schedule I'm like 17 to 19 shows and I'm like oh where am I going to squeeze fighting where am I going to squeeze this and that you know sometimes with the fighting it does take me away from everything, but see, that's the great thing about Thailand is I'm already away from everything. I don't really got to use my phone. I can just go out there and me and my wife can just train and eat some Thai food and go to sleep, wake up, and train, and we're staying at the camp. So pretty much sleeping in the camp and waking up and training and going to sleep. So that's going to give me some clarity and some good recharge in my mind. So I'd love to talk to a few promoters. In fact, I was going to try to do it in January, but then all this other stuff came up and I was like, so much I can squeeze in a month. My thing is, I want to make sure I dedicate everything. You know, when I did the world record job, it just became, you know, we had four camera crews and fans down the floor and everybody I'm jumping with took a lot to organize it, had to get the airplane. It was just a lot of organizing and my whole thoughts as I was going up was thinking, you know, I just don't want to let the people down. Now I have to win. You know, that's the way I feel when I'm in a fight. I'm like, I just have to win. I know things happen, but that's just not my personality, not the win. So, I had to go out there and make sure I did it. So when I landed, everyone was like, yeah, I didn't want to go down there and mostly, I guess, disappoint myself or my wife. So I wanted to make sure I got through it. Awesome. Now, you always mention your fans. You have a great dedication to your fans. When going to a convention that you're attending, what can fans usually expect from you? Fans? Well, I do go out for the fans. I was signing autographs in New Mexico and I overheard a promoter selling pictures. And this guy really wanted a picture and He's like, oh, you know, I only have a certain amount of money. And I kept hearing him. You know, and everyone's waiting in line, equal, equal stuff. And they got to get paid to get everything paid for and just a circle of life. So he's like, well, you took my lunch money. When I heard that, I was like, oh. So when I shook his hand, I had like 10 bucks in my hand. I said, hey, how you doing, man? Nice to meet you. And I told him, go get lunch. I don't want, you know, I don't want this guy going without lunch. But anyway, I just really want them to leave with an experience of them being a kid. If they were four years old watching, I guess I treat my fans like, I don't mean this in a bad way, like treat them like kids, but they have that image of you when they used to watch the show as a kid. So you don't want to disappoint kids. You don't want to be a disappointment superhero to kids. Even though they're 26 and 30 and I'm 39, there's only nine years there. I'm like, wow, you know, it's the same. That's crazy. You watched the show 20 years ago and they were only 10. I just don't want to disappoint their image of what I was to them, you know, and I've met quite a few people in the Hollywood circuit that, actors i just i don't know i just don't know why they are where they are and they're just not loyal and dedicated to fans nor do they appreciate who makes them you know it really is ultimately the fans that make you and i just think right now almost 100,000 facebook fans and interviews and all this other stuff it does come from the fans if it wasn't for them power rangers wouldn't be what it is but power rangers changed my life too i hear all the stories of you know man you changed my life and 
it's changed my life too. It's made me stay on the right path at 18 years old. You know, you went from making no money, we had no money in our family, to all of a sudden, you know, having money. And it just keeps you humble, but it's very easy to get lost. Your head can get lost. You know, for me, it was always about passion. I don't look at money, I look at passion. Because to me, success is measured into what you're happy in doing. You love doing this. George, very great guy, loves cons, loves his fans. And that's what I, the people I want to work with. I don't care how big the con is huge or small, it's like if I love working with you and we're on the same page, meaning that we're both passionate about what we do and we're there for the fans and not stealing from them or making them upset, then we've done our job and that's the people I want to work with. Same in karate. I do it because I love it. I don't need the money to go teach classes, but I do teach two-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. Me and my wife are on the floor. People are like, I'm surprised you're teaching only five people. I just love it. And I think if you're passionate about something, everything else follows. Your whole life will be lined up. The money will follow. Everything will follow because people feed off that energy. And the Houston Chronicle was out doing a story, and I talked to him today. And he came, went back and told the whole staff. He's a big reporter. Told everybody in there, but this guy's energy is so great. I love being around him, and it pumped me up. And that's I thought for me was the best thing he said. Versus here's an article, here's a picture. When you hear that, you're like you weren't even expecting to hear that on a personal note. You were just expecting to hear about the record jump and all this other stuff. So that's the kind of stuff, little things like that, that I think make you feel good. Pats on the back, you're doing a good job. And that's kind of why I left the show. People think, you know, what I leave for, was it about money? It wasn't. I left the show to prove myself a point to say I can't sell out on money. And all I wanted was the other guys and everyone else was a pat on the back from the main guy and everyone else to say, you know what, guys? Yeah, I love you guys. You're doing a good job. I love Saban. I think he's taught me a lot of good things. But for me, I want to let all my fans know that I told Saban I'm willing to do it. I don't care if I film a TV show for a dollar, I'll do it for my fans. It's not about money. It's about the excitement of the fans and just how much they want to see it. So they did talk about me coming back. You have such an amazing strength of character. In preparation for the interview, I learned that at a young age, you gave up your comic book collection to buy a martial arts school, correct? The very martial arts school that you trained in? Yeah. The, when I grew up in this martial arts school, I was thinking, man, it'd be so awesome to be the boss. You know, I've always followed rank and structure codes. I believe that these people don't want to follow rank or follow organizations. You have to come up the ladder. So when you're on top of the ladder, then everyone below you would want to work for the guy on top of the ladder, not just step on people to try to get on top of the ladder. But I did. I sold everything. My first car, you know, I worked at a nursery. Like, you know, I probably never, ever told it to anybody. But, yeah, Tommy worked at a nursery where I had to learn plants and what the names of the trees were. And, yeah, I haven't told anybody this. So. But, oh, thank uh, you, anyway, thank my, you. In, in order to get a raise, I would have to go on each aisle and say, okay, this is this type of tree. This is where it needs to live. This is this flower. And, you know, I just learned. But my thing was to learn as much as I can because I got raises. And my first car I ever bought, I probably didn't tell this either. Was I was 14 and I bought my first VW Bug. It was sitting in my garage. And it was a goal for me to, to do the right thing in life. And my mom would be like, I can't believe you bought a car at 14. And I'm like, I'll tell you, when I'm 16, I'm going to drive that car. And the day of my birthday, I got my license and I drove that car. And, you know, when I was a kid, I grew up on Night Rider. And I don't know, I was probably about eight years old in Covina, California is where I grew up. And there was a flower shop that had this huge crew that they were filming, and Dale Hasselhoff was there, and Knight Rider was there. And I remember standing back, and I couldn't get close to the set, but I remember, man, that's what I want to do. It had nothing to do with being famous. People I just think misunderstand 
has nothing to do with being famous. In fact, that creates more problems that had to do with what I love to do. And I love acting, but I also love, love, love camera work. If they hire me to a big movie and they ask me for two things I would love to do, I'd say, okay, put me in front of the camera or put me behind the camera. I love directing and all, don't get me wrong, but those two things, I just love the camera shots and things like that. So I guess it would be camera and directing because I got my own eye for camera stuff and things like that. So I just think setting goals and I sold everything. I had a comic book collection. I had a boat. That's what I was getting at. I had like an old school boat. I used to take in a lake called Pudding Stone. We'd drive around. And the stuff I had, when I say like a boat, people are like, whoa, it was like a flat bottom boat. I only paid like $2,000. I saved a lot of money up and bought a boat. It was a piece of junk. But for me, I was only a kid. And, you know, I was probably the only kid with like a cool VW Bug, an old, old Jaguar that I bought that it was cool looking, but it was super old. And at that time, I thought it was cool. But I earned everything myself. And, you know, that's what I tried to kids and you got to earn your stuff because I think you appreciate money and I had my first job at a restaurant in Fontana called Sundowners and I was 13 when I got my first job and I busted tables and to this day I mention that because they're huge Power Ranger fans when my mom and dad go in there because my dad's a trucker when they go in there they're like Janice Ray oh your son can we get pictures and you know my mom's like they still love you here after all these years and uh they still remember me so you know, I thought it was pretty exciting. I mean, it's exciting to see that and see the dedication of the fans and things like that. So so what did you have in your comic book collection, if you don't mind asking? I had everything. I had, like, all X-Men. I had Wolverine's first appearance and Incredible Hulk. I had all the top classic comic books that were expensive now. I loved Wolverine. The Wolverine series, not that expensive, but I remember getting the first four episodes. Everything I would buy, I would buy, like, in threes. There would be one I would read. And two, that would be absolutely mint condition, in sealed. And then I'll take my risk on comic books, you know, and I'll collect a power pack and then which bomb. So you would kind of take your risk and which comic book would be a hit and which comic book wouldn't. But you would know, like, you know, uh, Wolverine's first appearance or Incredible Hulk's first appearance. You got all these different things, you know, that's pretty cool. So I would just look for, I think, the books that were rare. I had boxes of them. I mean, I was a huge, huge X-Man collector. I wanted every issue in mint condition. So I would search for them, and I would spend a lot of money on comic books. I remember my mom would drop me off in Eagle Rock, California. I don't know if they're still there, though, but I used to always go to Eagle Rock and go to this big comic book store and just be in there forever. So when I started booking the Lexington Comic Con, was the first Comic Con I booked. And I booked Lexington because I was like, yeah, I'll go look around, you know, something. but I, you know. I didn't get a chance to look around. I was too busy signing autographs. I was a little bummed, but it's cool. I like it. Well, if you're ever on the East Coast and you ever want to stop at uh, Jay and Silent Bob's Secret Stash, I'll meet you there and we can look over some comics. Oh, that'd be cool, man. <laughs> I just like looking around and comic book stores just browse through. You know, you yeah. look and, you know, nowadays they got so many different, you know, I'm from the old school days, you know, where shoot, comic books would be cheap. I remember cover price maybe on comic books. I would pay about 60 cents. I remember back when the Wolverine days and the cover price of them, but I always did cover price on stuff, but I would pay a little extra for the good ones. You mentioned, of course, now that you're doing a lot of convention appearances, other than photographs and autographs with you, what other kind of events do you do? With George at Houston, we're going to do something a little bit new. Wizard World, I'm booked and I'm doing shows and karate class and I think that's what we're doing with Space City Con I'm going to probably save all if I can I haven't talked to the promoter yet but I have a really cool stuff I'm working on like my buddy does this double nunchuck fire I just bought 
tons of weapons that you can light on fire safe though you know i'm not gonna light nobody on fire but got a fire bow staff got a fire boken i mean we're gonna do some cool things and i love their catchphrase on their website it says everything looks better on fire so i've been working a lot on that and i was hesitant to do conventions because i'm not the guy that sits at the table just do i like to make things happen i like to have fans out there. And I see a lot of conventions and I'm like, I don't just do it for money. So I don't need a sign that says this or that or don't talk to me. That's why I got rid of an agent. I don't want an agent. For me, agents are about one thing, money. That's what an agent is. I mean, you'd be silly not to think about that. I'm about passion. You don't find an agent just to be passionate. It's very hard to find that, to be passionate and to have you do what you want to do. That's pretty much why I got rid of my agent. You know, it just didn't work for me. I want to be nice to fans. If you see me take a picture, I ain't going to be like, charge you, especially for like handshakes and stuff like that. <laughs> I'll charge for handshakes. That's silly. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that. There's a lot of actors charge for handshakes. Like, what? When I heard that, you know, it just makes me work harder to please my fans more. Because I, I do post on Facebook. And I do spend that time, and maybe I might not take to every post, but I'm telling you, I try. I try. In the last couple of days, it's been, I have been off because I've been doing this world record, and I got a lot on my mind. But it is important to me, and that's why I don't want to let people down. That's when this Brazil thing happened. It stinks because I didn't know anything about it. And I hope they understand it has nothing to do with me because I'll do anything for my fans. In fact, for the first two days before I was going to the world record jump, I was so stressed out going to the Brazilian consulate and doing this and doing that that I stressed myself out. And I was like, okay, I got to step back for at least a couple hours so I can think about this jump. So I just try to work hard because, you know what, they work hard. Fans travel to see you. They go to the cons. They buy a hotel. They buy a plane ticket. And then what? You get one minute and that's it. To me, that's just not worth it. That's just my personal opinion. So I don't think I go to these conventions as a celebrity. I go to these conventions as like, you know, comic book fan, and you know, I'm just happy to be there. I'm happy to have one fan, let alone almost 100,000 fans on Facebook. So, Well, we're all, we're all grateful. It. Thank you so much for that. Now, yeah, no you, you're very hands-on. So you've mentioned a couple of times in other interviews and appearances, a project called Aftermath, and then at the beginning of this interview, a reality show that you're working on. Can you talk to us yeah. a little bit about either one of those? Aftermath, we're still on the process. We've been back to five, six different script changes. It's still the same thing. It's going to be a really cool thing. You know, it is in the superhero genre. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it's going to be a cool show. Just say that the character in that is called Aftermath because pretty much after the fact of who I was and what I've done, and I'm still a superhero with the blood of a superhero. And as far as the reality web series we're doing, it's called My Morphin Life, and it's a great name, and oh, it's going to be 10, 15-minute segments, and we've had interest in networks and stuff. It's just a matter of do I want to open my life up and have camera crews all day long? I don't know if I can handle that stress right now. Right. So we're kind of doing a little bit of everything. We're taking five, six different events and cutting the show together and doing that. So we'll only have like 10 episodes or whatever. But, you know, and then we have interest. It's just, like I said, I'm doing it because I'm passionate. I know Justin's working on it with me. He's passionate about it. And whatever else happens, happens. And like I said, if we're passionate, everything else is going to line up and everything else is going to fall in place. So, I'm not even worried about that. I'm just worried about doing the work and making sure that it's great and, you know, good quality stuff. I mean, I like good stories, but I think some of the reality shows they have on TV now are dumb, you know, and that's just my opinion. I mean, yeah. some of the stuff they have, so. Awesome. But it, it should be the aftermath and, you know, my more life reality series should be pretty cool. Awesome. Well, this is the part of the interview where the mic is open to promote any of your projects you're involved with, anything you'd like to share with your fans, your websites, etc. First of all, as you all know, I have a clothing line, which is an 
mixed martial arts clothing line that we merged with. That's jasonandcap.com. Anyone's interested in any karate schools or karate training or simple questions, you can go to risingstunkarateschool.com. Love for you guys to follow me on Twitter, JDSFFN. And then, of course, the Jason David Frank official fan page is where you can grab all the information, current events, current cons, what's up, what I'm doing, all that good stuff. And don't be fooled by the fake ones. I'm nowhere else on the website. I don't have any other thing except the fan page. I know I had a personal page, but it blew up all wrong. I didn't know what I was doing and I added everybody. So the only one I really use is the fan page. So come follow me on there or like the page and trying to build up the Twitter too. So I just started that and kind of the new technology here. So I'm trying to catch up to you all. But that's it. And really just thanks for watching the show. And I guess continue watching Power Rangers and see what happens this year with Megaforce. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you at conventions like Space City Con in Houston later this year. I might hopefully try to get to Philadelphia and catch you there at the Comic Con and get to shake your hand personally. Nice, man. Just come on up and I'll never forget. So just remind me and I'll remember and I'd love to meet you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. We really appreciate your time and I'm sure our fans will enjoy this interview. (laughs) All right, buddy. I appreciate it, man. Anytime. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for listening to this episode of Trek It Out on PriorityOnePodcast.com. For more interviews like this, be sure to visit www.priorityonepodcast.com or subscribe to us at feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. Joining us next week is Richard Hatch, best remembered for his role as Captain Apollo in the 1978 series Battlestar Galactica, and later as Tom Zarek in the 2003 reimagining on the Sci-Fi Channel. Yes, you've reached Jason David Frank. I'm sorry, I'm unavailable. Please leave your name or number and I'll get...